Welcome to the Occult London Podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate it on iTunes, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk, where you can subscribe to the show. If anyone has any questions for me, I'd love to hear from them, so please reach out via Facebook or on email as I'd love to answer any questions you might have about the show or about the uh, topics we're discussing. You can find my Facebook on the show notes or alternatively email me at occultlondonpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy it. In this new series, we will be providing an overview and a guide to the four basic tools or elemental weapons of Western magic, which symbolise the four elements and the aspects of the magician's consciousness. As we've seen over the course of mankind and history, we have, you know, mankind has really kind of developed different, a, a massive array really of different spiritual and occult practices. And one of the key themes that we see within that, however, is the use of the four elemental weapons, which is the earth representative of earth, fire, air and water and the powers that they represent. Although there's quite a lot of discussion around attributions and which what weapon should go in which quarter, etc., the the method I normally follow is as follows. So east would be dawn, it would be the air, and it would be represented by the sword. Um, south would be the sun at midday and fire, and I would place the fire wand in the south. Cup is the west, the setting sun, um, the feminine, the great ocean of Bina. And that's one of the ones where they, generally speaking, people don't actually disagree. That's one of the ones where people actually generally place the cup in the west. And finally, north is the pentacle, which is the sun at midnight and the realm of Uriel, uh, the earth, the rock, and kind of the darkness, uh, the death as well so we'll be discussing one of these in each of the next four episodes so i hope you can stay tuned and listen in Um, all of these elemental weapons are representative of inner forces and psychological triggers and so as humans we will have a tendency to favor one of them over the other however um, this is really a mistake because if we focus purely on fire uh, it can lead to burnout or anger or air. You could be completely unfocused and, you know, running around talking gibberish or, you know, uh, too much on the earth side could result in, you know, hoarding or overeating potentially like gluttony and, you know, too much on the water side is again sort of you know, very emotional, um, you know, crying at the slightest thing, etc. So, the the purpose of these is really to kind of balance out all of these different elements within yourself um, so that you can be a purely balanced individual and are able to cause changes in consciousness in accordance with will. Um, also, the elemental tools should be seen as being, they only work in harmony when conjoined with the others. Um, so a good image of this is the is the image of the magician from the tarot, where he is bringing down the fire from heaven towards the table, upon which are laid out 
the perfect symbolism of balance of the elemental tools. Ultimately, the tools on the table represent the powerful psychological triggers that if we handle them correctly can be capable about bringing about profound changes in our consciousness and deep realizations. This is described quite well by A.C. Highfield in his excellent book Symbolic Weapons of Ritual Magic when he says the following. We can confidently state that all the traditional tools or weapons of the magician's art, the wand, the chalice, the sword and pentacle, are each capable of reaching very deep levels within the mind of the operator and of causing subtle changes within the microcosm that reflect into the macrocosm. It is this ability to evoke responses within the subconscious mind of the operator that makes the tools magical. If they failed in this, then they would be useless as aids in exploring and influencing the strange realms behind the veils of everyday matter. And that's a quote from A.C. Highfield's uh, Symbolic Weapons book, which is highly recommended if you're looking for a book uh, to go deeper on these subjects. The key phrase in that particular uh, quote from Highfield, I, I think, is this um, phrase where it says, the ability to evoke responses within the subconscious mind of the operator. So that is really kind of a deep thing if you want to kind of think about that in a little bit more detail. Um, it's bringing up of responses. So we're talking about a symbolic power that each weapon has that um, almost has a harmonic. So when the magician uses it, it has a harmonic with within a similar force, an inner force within the magician. And therefore it will harmonise that inner power within the magician with the outer representation of that symbol. So effectively you're internalising something that's external. So the weapons really, they, they're designed to harmonise the elemental forces ourselves that we become stronger human beings and also able to kind of face our darkest spheres as well as obviously know thyself. So kind of going through this process of initiation and transformation transformation and transmutation in order to reach the self-actualization really and there's a quote from uh, Colin Wilson which I wanted to share which is quite a nice way to kind of almost finish this introductory episode and he says the following in researching occult conspiracies one eventually faces a crossroad of mythic proportions called Chapel Perilous in the Trade. You come out the other side, either a stone paranoid or an agnostic. There is no third way. I came out agnostic. Chapel Perilous, like the mysterious entity called I, cannot be located in the space-time continuum. It is weightless, odourless, tasteless and undetectable by ordinary instruments. Indeed, like the ego, it is even possible to deny that it is there, and yet even more. Like the ego, once you are inside it, there doesn't seem to be any way to ever get out again. Until you suddenly discover that it has been brought into existence by thought and does not exist outside thought. 
Everything you fear is waiting with slavering jaws in the Chapel Perilous. But if you are armed with the wand of intuition, the cup of sympathy, the sword of reason and the pentacle of valour, you will find there the medicine of metals, the elixir of life, the philosopher's stone, true wisdom and true perfect happiness. That's what the legends always say, and the language of myth is poetically precise. For instance, if you go into that realm without the sword of reason, you will lose your mind. But at the same time, if you take only the sword of reason without the cup of sympathy, you will lose your heart. Even more remarkably, if you approach without the wand of intuition, you can stand at the door for decades, never realising you have arrived. You might think you are just waiting for a bus, or wandering from room to room looking for your cigarettes, watching a TV show, or reading a cryptic and ambiguous book. Chapel Perilous is tricky that way. And that's a quote from Colin Wilson, which I think is particularly uh, beautiful, because it talks about this um, discovering all of the different elements, and you need them all, in order to be balanced, in order to actually be able to kind of attain this self-actualization, which is represented by this um, chapel perilous experience, which can either break you or it can transform you. Um, so it's um, yeah, very worth very worth checking that out. Anyway, so just to finish up this episode, um, what we can say. Or ultimately, all the symbolic aspects of the four elements and their weapons become redundant. Um, you know, once we have internalized them and the powers they represent, and this is the truth of there's a great Sufi parable of the moth and the flame by the mystic Mansur Al Halaj, um, where he talks about this moth that effectively keeps on banging its head against a lamp, and eventually it achieves oneness with the flame. And it's a similar thing with regards to magicians. So obviously we are going out in the world. We are making wands and making, you know, swords. We're doing various different rituals and ceremonies, which look very external um, when you think about it. But these are all symbolic actions which are designed to essentially evoke a response within the magician. Um, as well as without so you know obviously there is the hermetic axiom as above so below as within so without so we are kind of affecting both worlds from that point of view and the the weapons really are, are this representative of that that you're you're tapping into something that is outside there but also within you as the great magician w.e butler wrote to finish once you reach a certain stage of development, you can manage without any of it. At that stage, it is all taken within you and becomes an attitude of mind. Then, at any time, in any place, you can exteriorize around you. Your place of working has been immediately purified with water and fire. The psychic lines of force are immediately purified 
with water and fire. The psychic lines of force are produced by your own effort and will. You are no longer dependent upon collecting swords and wands, altars and lights. The power is inside you and you can produce the same results without the ceremonial magic. So um, that's all we've got time for today. This is just an introductory episode, so please do listen to the episodes we've got coming up where we'll be talking individually about each weapon. Um, thanks very much for joining us on the Occult London podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. Also, if you have enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you can leave a review or add a rating on whatever platform you are listening to this on because it just help us to get this message out there. If anyone has any questions for me, then obviously please do send me an email or you can contact me on Facebook. And that's all. Thanks very much, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.